is our first common sense with the bishop, and um, I have with me in the studio and will every time. My son-in-law, Joshua Paul, it's great to have you with us today, Joshua. Yep, thanks for having me. And um, let me just give you just a tad background about me. Uh, I grew up uh, on the road with my family. I was in a different city every week of my life. My father was a minister and a motivational speaker. And so every kind of culture you could imagine in America, and then later around the world, uh, I've been in, and uh, I've had business in corporate America. I was an athlete at Georgia Tech. Um, I got my degree there from biz- in business and love to talk about business, love to talk about people and relationships. My dad and mom taught relationships around the world for 70 years, and uh, my wife and I have done it around the world now for 45. So we do know a little bit about um, talking about relationships, and really what we want to do, uh, Joshua Paul, is to talk about common sense Mm -hmm. and the power and the value of that. Uh, Tell them just a little bit about yourself, Joshua Paul. Sure. Uh so I come from New Mexico. Uh, my family's all still there. Uh, it's a small, pretty small ranch community. Right. Um, so grew up in that kind of hunting, fishing, being outdoors. Uh, joined the military right after high school because my whole, pretty much my whole family was in the military. Right. So going from that kind of farm ranch community, right, got a huge amount of exposure to everything else, to straight to the military. That's kind of where I formed a lot of my worldviews. Uh-huh. And uh, basically right after getting out of the military, out of the Marines, is when I got born again and then went to the mission field. Wow. So, pretty big, uh, big <laughs> Change. shift. Yes. So I don't have any of the... Um, I didn't grow up with a huge formation of religious beliefs or right. church uh, practices. So, kind of well, puts me in a, a benefit in my mind. I, in talking about common sense, I've met your mom and dad. Yeah. They're both teachers in the school system. Uh, very, very well balanced. Now, mm-hmm. outside of that, it was a military family. Mm-hmm. And you were in the Marines and uh, served in a lot of different places. Uh, ended up in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, a 30-year-old and a 67-year-old talking. And and so we're going to talk about common sense. And I really want to dedicate this first show uh, to my dad, who I um, uh, I buried uh, August the 17th this, this past year. He was a man who taught me common sense. And I've known a lot of success in my life. Uh, and I would say, yes, due to God, but who really showed me practically how to live? Yeah. It was my dad. Common sense. This man married my mom, 70 years of marriage. They get married. They didn't own a car. One room apartment, uh, a shared bathroom. 
He did college in the morning. He worked in a dye plant in the afternoon, and then they did ministry on the weekends. Um, and here is this man. I, you know, Joshua Paul. I, 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 I travel around the world, and more than anything else, you know, the number one problem people have when I ask them what what is it that you want me to help you with or to talk about? Number one problem: finances. Would you please pray for me? I'm in debt. I don't know where my my mortgage is coming from or rent's coming from. I'm about to lose my car. I don't have money for this. No, 80% of what people ask me to pray for. So if, if, if that's true, then I guess, you know, we need to spend a lot of time talking about common sense and finances. Yeah. So my dad and mom never made a lot of money, but common sense. Whatever they made, they put a little bit in savings, always. They never put anything on credit that they could not pay for. Mm -hmm. If they couldn't afford it, they just saved for it. Um, And when my dad passed, my mom is still alive. They had an estate for my brother and I to share of over a million and a half dollars. And when I found that they had that, I was... I was in shock. Yeah. How do you do that? Because I travel and speak at much bigger places. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've made a lot more money than them. But when I think about at the end of my life, how much they have, they practiced common sense. And uh, I was thinking about our nation today. Uh, our 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 national debt is about what? I think we're we're we're, we're going to look that up because this number is kind of astronomical. Twenty three point three trillion as of February. As of February, twenty three point three trillion. <laughs> okay. So. Now you understand, my mom and dad would have gone. How in the world could this possibly happen? Yeah. They say that America is the greatest economy in the world, and yet we're in a deficit. $23 trillion. Yeah, that's not a number that a lot of people even grew up knowing. No, you, you, yeah, you didn't even know trillion. Yeah. Uh, you really didn't know billion. Yeah. And so the bottom line is, here we are living in a government that doesn't understand sound finances. And so you wonder how sure a foundation we have in and I can't change the government, but what I can change is myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the exception of one school loan, every bill in my life is paid. Mm-hmm. I learned that from my dad. Common sense. Common sense. Um, we talked about this, Joshua Paul, and I really want to... Uh, Spend some time talking about if you don't have a belief system, Mm -hmm. what's what do you do when panic when something happens? You just start to panic. Uh, in the military, why is it that in the job uh force, the job market, people in human resources, why is it you think they want to hire veterans? Uh, most of them have a Pretty similar belief system. Right. Pretty similar foundation. They're actually steady 
right? For the most part. Not afraid of hard work. They've yeah. gone through boot camp. Yeah. They know how to be on time because there is no hitting the uh, snooze button in the morning. Yeah. Uh, they know how to be under authority. They know how mm-hmm. to say, yes, sir, no, sir, mm-hmm. yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. They know, they know how to, if there's a battle, mm-hmm. they're not a victim. You made an incredible statement a while ago mm-hmm. when you said the victim mentality for somebody that's been in the military, especially the Marines, is something you learn after you get out. Yeah, for, I'd say for the most part. Um you spend your whole time learning and getting your mind that you're going to be the victor, that you're going to win. Everything is about winning. Because um, anybody pretty much in the military that's been in any form of combat, they're pretty much undefeated if you know them. Because if you lose, pretty much die. Right. Uh, so the idea, um, that idea doesn't really come in in the military. When you get out and... I think the government did such a bad job with the military in the past right? that in certain areas, it swung so far. And there's some areas that they still need to pick up. Right. But they've swung so far that it's almost in certain circles, it's created the veteran is a victim. Right. That it's almost synonymous. That if you're a veteran, you're a victim. That PTSD is a virus, not a disorder. That um, So if anybody was in the military, you have it and you're infected, you know. Um and it's just not the case. It's create for a lot of people. It's created, um, and I know there's people that have real issues. I get that, and, and and we respect that. Yeah, for sure. But a lot of people that that's not the case have fallen into the victimhood mentality, and their card is veteran. Well, you're you're not just a thirty year old man. You're talking about in terms of a family that for generations has served in the military. Yeah. Um, my, my father-in-law served in the air force and I watched the nature of this man, his ability to work hard. I mean, it was not like, um, quit was not an option. I honestly believe that common sense it's, it's not, it's not, um, brilliant concepts nobody's ever heard of before. No. Uh, You said something to me that really made me think. You have three children. Yeah. Four, three, and one. And you said, what I want to teach my children pretty much is what they taught children 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. You You mean what by that? When I look at people a hundred years ago, um, they had self-respect, they had yeah. honor, they had integrity. Yep. They were problem solvers. If I could only teach my kids one thing, it would be problem solving, because no matter where they go, they'll figure it out. You know, problem solving and, and a love of reading. If they can, if I can pass on those two things. Not calculus. Not right. Any of these other things. Two things or what? A problem solving and a love of reading. All right. See. I- what I want this series, man, I'm about to jump through this microphone right now. What I what I want you to get is, it's just common sense. That's why the Bible puts a whole book of Proverbs that really is just a bunch of common sense sayings that 
it really makes, that's really what the Bible, if you really, really take the Bible, it really makes life simple. It simplifies things. Mm -hmm. All things do work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. In other words, that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, I know that a lot of times on our podcast, we are going to be talking about relationships. That's kind of a, a lane that, sure. that God has put me in. And, and when I tell people I've been married 45 years, they look at me like, like going to the moon or something, or mm-hmm. did you build your own rocket ship in the back uh, yard? Uh, what, what in the world did you do? That's you're a freak. Yeah. It's super rare. Uh, when I was growing up, that was not rare. That was just what people did. People got married, and they worked out their problems. Right. Where did where did we lose that? Uh, when I was a kid, divorce was just. I mean, it was a rarity. You, I don't. I didn't know anybody that got divorced, uh, and now people are waiting later to get married because common sense is. The greatest joy. Now, come on, Joshua Ball. Tell me any greater joy you have than watching those three kids yeah. uh, do things and learn things. And does anything stir you like that? I mean, I know because you're married to my daughter. Sure. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that. Yeah. And and I know you love God. Mm-hmm. What what is what do people miss that don't have children? Pretty close, pretty much everything. When you don't have kids, there will always be a degree of selfishness. Exactly right. The more more people you bring into your life, the more people you're responsible for, because you can see this in leadership too. Yes. The more people you're responsible for, the less selfish you have to be, or that's just a a diseased organism. Wow. I would say one thing too about the marriage thing. Yes. A hundred years ago. Right is because of every story and even the way people that are married happily tell their stories. Yes. We've created an environment where we think I have to have this feeling. It has to continue. And if that's not there, whereas a hundred years ago, I mean, you watch a Western movie, it was, Hey, you're really good at that. And I think you'd be good for my life. Right. Would you like to get married? Right. Yeah, let's do that. And you build a life and, I'm not destiny's dis- match. Yeah, I'm not discounting love or feelings or anything like that. That is amazing. But I've seen some of the best marriages I've ever seen were more of a partnership. A partnership in what their their roles and destiny is supposed to be. And, and what they, they love doing together. Yeah. Yeah. I always say it this way. Good, good emotions follow good decisions. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I, I know I seem to have said this two or three times in interviews that I've been doing in England and, and, and Italy the last couple of days. But, you know, if I hear one more couple come to me and say they fell out of love. Yeah. Well, first off, you didn't know what love is because mm-hmm. first Corinthians four through seven emotion is not involved in it. No, it really is a covenant. Mm-hmm. It is for better, for worse, richer, for poor, sickness and health, the love and to cherish till Death do us part. I don't know where we missed that. We made that covenant before God. Now, 
if you're divorced and you're listening to the podcast, this is not about putting guilt and condemnation. Mm-hmm. That ship is sailed, and now we're going to yeah. learn to do better for either God doing a miraculous restoration, mm-hmm. or we're going to get common sense in the next relationship. Yeah. Um, when I see now your three young children, my children are all married and all have children. I have eight grandchildren. Three kids, they're all happily married. Um, one 15 years, one 11 years, and you and Esther are? Six. Six years. Six years. Okay. Okay, whoa, wait a minute. You know, raising kids, you just you just have good kids. That that Raising kids has to do with spending time. Mm-hmm. Teaching them problem solving, teaching them loving to read because you read to them. Mm-hmm. I watch you every night before your kids go to bed. You say, I'm going upstairs and I'm going to read to you. Yeah. Well, uh, let's see if I'm going to be like dad, I'm going to read. Yeah. Uh, dad solves problems. I can solve problems. And I know a lot of people, you know, we're almost at ground zero because you haven't been taught common sense. And that's what this podcast is. Mm-hmm. We're going to take specific things. And even now, you know, it's always a learning curve because yeah. I've got eight grandchildren and the oldest one is nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Being a grandparent is really common sense is I don't do things that the parents don't want me to do. Right. My responsibility is to reinforce what they are making a priority in the children's lives. And then when they ask me to input into their life, mm-hmm. uh, I do that. It Common sense is not three things that you learn. It's you're constantly learning. Yeah. But here's the thing that I, I take real exception with. And that is how far common sense has gotten has got from what is politically correct. Right. Common sense is if you're running for office, you don't define who you are by bashing the other person. Mm-hmm. That that really shows weakness. Yeah, uh, it shows that you don't have enough to say about yourself. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. That's my son that's a Marine. Let's just cut to the chase and let's just say what, what's really on your mind. Uh, or when I see people that's supposed to be our political leaders really not representing the people. No. Uh, they they have an ax to grind, an agenda, uh, acting like children, mm-hmm. um, showing no common sense because there are certain issues that I don't care what your party is, you should be for that issue yeah. because it's what's better for the people. You're a servant. Mm-hmm. I, I think that... Um, We've lost that ability to understand how to serve. Jesus said, whoever's greatest among you is servant of all. I I love to serve. In other words, the farther you are up in leadership, the farther down you are as far as now you if you're the if you're the boss, you have to serve everybody. Yeah. And so um one thing my dad taught me. Uh, 
that I love, and that is that he taught me a work ethic. Mom always had about 10 projects she wanted done on the house. There, I don't know where she spent time, but there was a list that never ended, ever. She wanted something built on the house, something fixed on the house, some new creative thing done to the house. And and uh, Dad was the, uh, Mom was the foreman, Dad was the worker, and I was his assistant. And my brother that's five and a half years younger, uh, he was watching cartoons, Um and so it would be during the week, during school, and we would be building something, adding on a room or doing this or doing that. And I would say, Mom, it's my bedtime. And Mom and Dad would go, we're not through with this job. And, and I mean, you might, you might judge my parents right now for keeping their child up. <clears throat> but it's very interesting to me that to this day, there is nothing about me that shies away from hard work. Mm-hmm. I, I I love hard work. You have taught me so much in working out. Like when I, I went for a bike ride yesterday and, um, you know, the weather changed and with the coronavirus and everything right now, I hadn't been to get out. And so I went out and at about eight miles into the bike ride, my mind went, okay, you're tired. Mm-hmm. Your legs are burning. It's over. And I went, there's no way I'm going back to the house and tell Joshua Paul, I, I rode eight miles. I would be laughed out of my own house. Well, after 17 miles, I decided it was time to quit because common sense will tell you, Scripture, as a man thinketh, as a person thinks, so are they. Yeah. Um, body, the body's a liar most of the time. <laughs> That's a good word. Majority <laughs> of the time, you it goes back to the feelings thing we talked about love. We base our our day, um, how things are going, our workouts, our jobs, yep. our relationships on how we feel, which most of the time is either perception or just weakness. You know, I, I don't want to get up. Okay, what does that have to do with anything? Nothing. It doesn't have anything to do with it. What is What needs to be done? Uh, uh, yeah, it's just... A guy we're going to have on in the next couple of days, Rob Owens. Yeah. He's he's actually a couple of years older than me. Uh, I think he's 69. This year, at 69, he's going to do the Spartan Walk, which in eight days they do 268 miles across um, Greece. Greece yeah. He's the oldest person to ever finish it. He's going to do an Ironman, which is uh, you swim – two and a half miles in the ocean, you bike for 110 miles, and then you run a marathon And uh, at 69. Uh, he does two other things. He ends with seven marathons in seven days on seven continents. Now, this he's a great man of God. His wife was a flight attendant that did um, international flight to China and back. And so she got the coronavirus, brought it into him, and it's so incredible. Now, you understand men his age are the, are the people that are most likely to get it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's almost 70. Um, he got the coronavirus. It lasted for, I think, four or five days, and he was fine. Mm-hmm. He said, you realize that we live in a—and and I'm— 
<laughs> you might not want to listen to this after today. But we live in a, in a, in a society, in a world that's out of shape. Yeah. Uh, they don't eat right. Uh, they don't think right. These are all common sense issues. Mm-hmm. He said, your body is ready just to defeat the, cor- the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, I did a thing with Paul and Joe Naughton in London. They both had it. Yeah. Uh, lasted about four days. Mm-hmm. They're over it. Now they have the antibodies in their body. Their daughter, it lasted two days. Yeah. Okay. I, I just... Josh, just tell what you were listening on the podcast. The guy in New York City over yeah. a hospital of twelve hundred beds. Yes, yeah, so there's this doctor. Um, we'll we'll try to find the video and link it in the and link it in here. But this doctor in New York, he one of the premier hospitals in New York, twelve hundred beds. They used to do surgeries and all this stuff. Right now, they're pretty much strictly just COVID nineteen. Right, that's it. And he was just giving going through. What it is, he's like, hey, look, we're three and a half months, three months into this. Right. We know what it is. Right. He's like, this is how you get it. Right. Primarily, almost 100% of the time, it's from your hand going to your face, either your eye, your nose, or your mouth. Not this incredible airborne thing where you, you just... No, you don't have rats running in your house and kill, you know, killing no, people. No, and, and, and to get it airborne, you'd have to be in a room. Yeah, it'd have to be like a, a confined area. Right. For a long period of time, like 15, 30 minutes of right. exposure, and you might get it. Right. And so he was saying the, the N95, the medical grade masks, you don't need that. You just have to have some sort of mask because that's not how people are getting it anyways. Just if you're going to go out, don't go out to crazy con- crowded places. Right. If you're going to touch something new, carry Purell, carry hand sanitizer. Right. And... Quit touching your face, you know, like <laughs> common sense. You learn this in boot camp. You get you get hazed for touching your face in boot camp just because you have in boot camp, you know this, you've got a hundred people in one room. Diseases are everywhere. So you're just not allowed to even touch your face. I mean, if people would just practice that, but the, when you have a doctor in one of the worst places in right, and he said, I've got twelve hundred beds, I know where it comes from, I know how to prevent it. I'm surrounded by 1,200 people that have it, and I'm not even afraid of getting it. It, it. We talked a lot about fear the other day, and of course, when the Bible says that which you fear most will come upon you. Mm-hmm. Um, so much I learned about common sense and athletics. I went on a track and field scholarship to Georgia Tech. I was fortunate enough to set the records in the events, the high hurdles and triple jump, went to the national championships and high hurdles. Um. I learned in that that if you believe the right thing, mm-hmm. if you practice the right thing, when game time came, mm-hmm. it was incredibly fun. Yeah, This is game time. See, people are freaking out about the coronavirus. It's because they're not ready. No. They haven't prepared themselves to, for what happens. I always tell young people, um, that are starting, you know, to date or they're starting. I, if you determine what you will do and what you won't do mm-hmm. before you go out, there is no panic. No. There's no such thing as peer pressure. No. Because people, you, my kids would just look at somebody and go, have you lost your mind? Yeah. I know what I believe. I'm not going to acquiesce to that. Um, Foundation of beliefs. People that live by creeds and core values 
things are very easy. Things are very easy for them because they've already decided how they're going to live. <laughs> and it goes back to what you're saying. Like when a situation shifts and people are start freaking out and losing right. their mind, it's because they didn't have anything to believe in the first place. That's why in the book of James it says, and a double-minded man yeah. is unstable in all of his ways. And you can see that. People go, I believe this. Then one news program comes on, yeah. and they believe something completely different. Mm-hmm. Then they talk to somebody at a restaurant. Yeah. Then they believe something completely different. The energy it takes to live like that. Mm-hmm. Now, for me to change a core belief, I've really got to have done my research mm-hmm. and believe, wow, I have found a better way. And sometimes I, I do. Sure. But the major things in my life with relationship, with my children, with my wife, with my work, and my relationship, especially with my God, there's common sense things. If I talk more to God, I'm going to be more comfortable. If I talk God to more, I'm probably going to hear a lot better things. Uh, I was listening to Enzo in Contra yesterday who has the second largest church in Italy. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? Zero cases of the coronavirus. Zero. Italy's bad right now. Okay. Italy's horrible right now. And here's a man that his church is going out bringing food to everybody. In Catania, Sicily, zero cases. And, and, And I said to him, so what's, what, what was the answer? Now listen to this. And, and, and we're about to wrap our first podcast here. He said, first off, about a year ago in my prayer, God started preparing me and I started preparing my people mm-hmm. for something to happen. God is not caught off guard by the coronavirus. Yeah. He's not walking around his throne saying, Jesus, what are we going to do? Now, that's, that's, <laughs> that's not where God is right now. Uh, God is so ready to help his people believe the right things, to have these right, thy word have I hid in my heart. And he, I don't know how many times on the interview, Josh, he would pick up his Bible. Yeah. And he would say, this is the roadmap. This is the book. There's a reason it's the number one selling book ever. And uh, I don't know if it was you or who told me, that the number one selling book again in the world right now by triple is the Bible. Hmm. It wasn't me. No, <clears throat> I believe I believe my brother. I was on the phone with him and he said it came out. People are just toilet paper and Bibles. Oh, yeah, I, <laughs> guarantee, I guarantee sales went up now. Okay. There are no atheists in foxholes. Oh, that's so true. You know, it's so easy to have these different belief systems and this is what I believe. Well, let me just tell you, when people start, the Bible says a thousand would fall at one side and 10,000 at the other side, but it's not going to touch you. See, common sense is Psalms 91 for me. I dwell in the shadow of the almighty. I, I just, I so believe in whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. And you know what? Throughout our podcast, Josh, what I want to do is I want to throw away that term. Well, Bishop, what you are is old school. Sure. Okay. 
you don't go to Princeton and Harvard and, and pay that kind of money to go to an a, to a, 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 an Ivy League top school and go, ah, you're teaching this old school stuff in here. Mm-hmm. No, you know that a degree from that place is going to get you probably any job you want to. Yeah. Is it old school they're teaching? Because I guarantee you a majority of those courses are taught by people who have been teaching the same thing yeah. for generations. Yes, there's some technology that's changed, but truth for the most part, does not change. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not old school versus today's thought system. It's really common sense. The word of God is common sense. Uh, we're going to talk about some things, and some of them are probably going to be very controversial. Sure. Uh, but it's controversial. Why? You know, when I see Congress debating about stuff, and they'll take the wide shot, and you see what's written on yeah. the uh, above that it is talking about God yeah. and it's talking about God's wisdom. You, you, you drive through Washington, DC, there's no building you go in that God's name's not on the top of it. Mm-hmm. And then you're wanting to take the 10 commandments and God out the audacity you have is some little political peon today yeah. to go against the forefathers that paid for this country. Many of them with their lives, mm-hmm. To say, well, no, I've come up with something that's that's more relevant than our forefathers who built this thing. I think a lot of that is because um, people people can change their their ideas and, and want to implement something so bad now and make it so radical because they don't have the repercussions that our founding fathers had. <laughs> there you go. You can make up any idea, try to completely change it. No one's going to just shoot you. Yeah, the reper- that's right. The repercussions are so low for an idea and a belief now that you don't have to evaluate oh, that's it. That's good. There's no evaluation on beliefs. Except you don't have common sense, you lose your marriage. Yeah. You don't have common sense, you lose your kids. Mm-hmm. You don't have common sense, you lose your job, you lose your finances, you lose your influence. And it's not a bullet. In the old days, but would I rather have to be in a firefight fighting for something or everything that I really should be counting dear, I'm losing mm-hmm. because of a lack of common sense. And then you move into victim. And then you move into victim. And then you move into victim and you never fix the actual problem. Uh, I believe... What we're doing here for all my brothers and sisters that are listening, uh, is this a Christian uh, broadcast podcast? Now, this is a this is a wisdom. It happens to be done by a Christian, mm-hmm. but what we're here is to show you wisdom because I believe this wisdom would work anywhere. I love when the 10 plagues, which are much bigger than the coronavirus. Yeah. Okay. The 10 plagues that come in Egypt happen to every Egyptian, the most powerful economy and, and, and land in the world at that time. But not one of the plagues touched Goshen. And even if Egyptians came and hid in the houses of the of the of the Israelis of of the Jewish people, 
It didn't touch them. There, there is something common sense that has to say, I'm talking to men of God around the world, and for the most part, coronavirus is not even in their church or very minimally, and people are getting over it quickly. Yeah, everybody's getting over it. Okay, what, common sense. What does that say to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, do I have compassion for the people that have it? Absolutely. Do I have a, a special a compassion for older men who have had existing conditions or they're smokers? Absolutely, because, you know, in two and a half years, I'm one of those guys, 70. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, when I tell you I have no fear about this virus, uh, I don't have it. Now, I'm not going to do stupid things. I'm not going to invite 400 people to my house. Start licking door handles. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to do that. But what I am going to do is I'm going to realize I have a, I have core values. These core values are founded in scriptures that have been proven to be the truth. Uh, the Jews started carrying these scriptures, the Torah, thousands of years ago. And then we added uh, the New Testament uh, a few hundred years ago. And now it gives us a chance to practically live our life. I'm going to leave you with this one scripture. In Matthew 24, 14, People ask me, is everybody wants to know, are these the end times? Um, you know, is Jesus going to come back any day? Well, Jesus can come back whenever he wants to. But, but there are earthquakes, pestilence, all of these signs. But it says, but that's not the end. It says, but when this gospel of the kingdom and, and if you'll let me, I'm going to say it. The gospel of common sense is preached as a witness how to rule and reign, how to be victorious in this life here, not in heaven one day, here. How to be victorious here, not a victim. How to be victorious here. But it says when it's preached as a witness to all the world, then the end will come. Well, Josh, we know there are certain people, groups that haven't heard it for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a responsibility to that. I know that's big on your and Esther's heart. Mm-hmm. How do we get the gospel to the people that have never heard it for the first time? But when you say gospel, are you talking about telling them just about Jesus and letting them have a sinner's prayer and, wow, job's over? No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about not the gospel about Jesus, the gospel of Jesus, which, which is this is the way he lived his life. And he lived his life in a freedom with power and authority where Roman occupation was in that, in that time. Yeah. The most powerful civilization, maybe a lot of people would say that ever existed, was in control of the world. It wasn't control of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he had this incredible momentum of what I believe was godly common sense that in the space of 300 years, the Roman Empire became Christian. Mm-hmm. Constantine accepts Jesus Christ and they start taking over nations and forcing everybody to become Christian. Yeah. Um, 
I believe that common sense from God will empower you to have the family you've dreamed of, the marriage you've dreamed of. How, how long? You, we'll, we'll get into this in, in, in the coming podcast. How long will it take us to get over this economically? Are we going to be living in this vast depression or whatever? Man, I'm, I've got some things from world leaders that I don't believe you've heard, but you're going to hear here that I believe we're going to come in for people that have common sense into a great time of blessing for you and your family. I just want to end by saying, Father, we spoke a lot of words today. And like it said of Samuel and it said of Jesus, God, I pray that not one word falls to the ground. I pray, God, that you show yourself strong. Your people, this world needs you. And a lot of them haven't had any time for you. But hearts are open now that have never been opened before. I thank you, God, for a last day move of God that would show this world how much you love them and, and the secrets that you have in your word of how to live and how to live victorious. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, this is Bishop coming to you with common sense on behalf of Joshua and I. We bless you and we say to you, use common sense. <laughs> <laughs>